In the past few weeks, we've had weddings, we've had funerals. Last night, I was at a hospital praying with the family as their uncle, their family member was being ushered in. This morning, I was stopped at a red light, 7 o'clock a.m., down the street from here, and I began to pray in tongues for the Garcia family, texted Ronnie, and Ronnie said, at 7 a.m., he went to be with the Lord. So that's how the Holy Spirit uh, leads us and guides us. We've experienced many things. Some of you I've talked with, uh, you've experienced promotion. You've experienced new jobs, the joy of those things. Some of you have experienced hardships. And uh, so as we all come into this house, into this room with one accord, we need to now begin to understand that the Holy Spirit is really putting out to each one of us a, an alignment that he wants us all to jump on, to really grab hold of that God is speaking to the church, not just valley, to the universal church. And I believe that I've heard from God and I've heard from others that are my peers of the things that they are doing and we are all basically doing the same thing with different personalities. Valley Community, I think, has the greatest personality. And you're awesome. A lot of fun. We've had a lot of fun together this year. And we're, we're starting to dive into all the holidays and, and you know, from Thanksgiving to, to Christmas and New Year's. And so many things are going to uh, manifest. But uh, I want you to just recognize right now God is speaking to you because he loves you. God is talking to you because you are very important to him. You are so gifted of God. None of us really understand that. You are so gifted, and God has a plan for you to do something unique and important in the kingdom of God. But there's some principles that God has always had throughout the history of mankind because it is God, it is the character of God we're going to be talking about the next few weeks. It is his character that is being accentuated out through principles. And one of the principles that we're answering today is why the tithe. Why the tithe? First, you must recognize how amazing your future is when you understand and live out God's principles. God has chosen to redeem you so that his kingdom may flourish. You are the person, you are the people that God has chosen to cause his kingdom to flourish. Wherever you are, whatever you do, whatever gifting you have, whatever call that you have, whatever purpose you have in life, of course we always align our purposes with God, but whatever that is, God has set it up for you to be that blessing. And there are principles that the enemy hates because it's the character of God. It's who God is. See, the principles that the Word of God gives us literally comes out of God. They're not just something he decides to do. 
to make us better people. They are his character spoken towards us. And as we begin to understand that it's our character too, and we live it out, then we begin to see God's plan or all heaven begin to just flow in our, our lives. So today, my goal is to answer your question, why the tithe? I'm also, because I love you and I believe in you, is that I'm going to try the best of my ability to convince you to tithe. I want you to buy into this, what I'm calling, and you're going to hear it, life-changing principle. Because I really believe it will help you. It will answer many of your questions, not only financial, but about your home and what's going on in your lives. I am convinced tithing has blessed my home. I am convinced it has blessed my children. My children tithe. My grandchildren tithe. I believe that tithing has blessed my family, and I relate it. All the blessings that are in my family, I relate it to tithing. My family is blessed not because I'm any better or I'm, I'm any different or I have a greater call than you, whatever people might want to think. It is related to a heart that gives but understands the principle of tithing. So let me be uh, real truthful, which I always am anyways. Let me be truthful with you. I have seen people battling a curse in their lives. But they don't relate it to not tithing. Sorry, English teachers. They don't relate it to not tithing, and they struggle in life. And they are such amazing, gifted people, they're trying to fix their situation by trying to fix other things, but they don't understand the principle of tithing. They do not do it, and, and they're constantly in a battle. Here are their thoughts. So you feel you never get ahead. It just seems like you have one step forward, two steps backward. Every time things begin to get better, then something happens, something breaks, something happens in life, physically, whatever it may be, and we never get ahead. People say, why doesn't it work out for me? Because all my friends, they're getting ahead, and I know that person doesn't even tithe. I know that person is not really a giver. That person steals, but they're doing a lot better than me. See, the difference is, is that you are a son or a daughter of God because you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, and there is a principle of your character that maybe through confusion and deception or even literally rebellion against God's word, you do not tithe. And because of that, we try to, to slough it off and try to put it on something else. And I want to tell you, God, the Bible clearly tells us of a blessing and a curse. The Bible tells us of a blessing and the Bible tells us of a curse. Again, right from the start, I'm going to try to convince you tithing is a valuable key in creating prosperity in your life. 
if everyone here had cancer, but I found a cure, I would tell every one of you, go, here's where you need to go. This is what they're going to do. It will cure cancer. Go. Regarding tithing, I am feeling the same way. What a joy it would be if there was one little shot that would give everybody that ever had cancer that it would be removed from their body instantly. And I'm just telling you that tithing is so important, it is like the cure to cancer and even greater. And we have to understand because it comes out of the character of God. So church family, please tithe. It will cure you from this awful curse. Malachi 3 is an amazing book. Everyone say Old Testament. It is in the Old Testament. That's one of the arguments that people uh, bring of not tithing. But I'm going to convince you and I'm going to prove to you and I'm going to show you truth that teaching of tithing, the principle of tithe, is also in the New Testament. In Malachi 3, most start with verse 10. But we're going to start with verse 6. In Malachi 3, verse 6 says, For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed O sons of Jacob. And this is what God is saying to Jacob or God is saying to Israel. The reason I haven't killed you yet is that I am the Lord, I am good, and I do not change. The prophet was hearing the voice of God and was proclaiming to Israel, telling them about the character of God. And one of the major things, again, it says, I do not change, was the proclamation in verse 6. So here's the reason. Theologically, I'm going to get a little bit here. Theologically, it is called the immutability of God or an attribute of God, things we attribute as God being. I'm going to say it again because I want you to hear it, and I'm going to put some emphasis on some things. Theologically, it is called the immutability of God or an attribute of God. In other words, God cannot change. Things we attribute as God being. It is a character of God, watch this, to never change. God does not change. The reason God cannot change is because God, he is totally perfect. So here it is. If God could change, it then means he could get better. And he can't get better because he is already perfect. So God can't change. Now, let's take that principle and let's apply it to what we're talking about here. If the Bible said, and it doesn't, 
If God said, I'm five feet, 10 inches tall, I'm that tall. But God also said, I know I look like I'm 6'4", but that's all right. But God also said, he can't change and he's perfect. The question is then, if God can't change and he said he's 5'10", how tall is God? He's 5'10". You can answer back. What if God said that he was 5'10", 3,000 years ago. How tall would God be today? He'd be five foot 10. Why? He can't change. So what if he said 3,000 years ago, the tithe belongs to me? Does the tithe still belong to him? Yes, because he can't change. So God makes some statements in the Bible that cannot change because they are related to him, his character, and his person. And let me just say it this way, personality, the personage of him, who he is, how he, his person is, how he relates to things, how he does things. So the tithe, we're going to get deeper in this, the tithe comes out of God's character And he proclaimed it many, many, many years ago. And because he proclaimed it out of his character, it cannot change because it is out of him and God can't change. You following the thought? Because we're following the thought and it's just because Pastor Gary may be halfway decent with words and can explain things But I want to show you in Scripture, I'm going to convince you scripturally, and I'm going to convince you to tithe because you're going to walk out of here knowing that how to change those things in your life that you're facing right now in many instances is due to the tithe and even, watch this, due to the character that's inside you when you're tithing, why you're tithing how you're tithing. So last week, remember this, we looked at the principle of the first fruits of the firstborn. See, we went all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Remember Cain and Abel and their offerings? We told you why Abel's was accepted and Cain's wasn't. Remember the process of time, Cain, he looked to see if he had enough, and then he went ahead and collected at the end, were able, first fruits, were able, it was God first. First fruits began 25 years before the law, why? Because it is a principle of God that he only will be first, never second. Hmm. 2,500 years before the law. There's people that argue, well, you know, tithing was of the law, and the law has, we've been delivered from the law, and all the different things, and now it's not of today. Okay. All right. How things going in your life? Again, it's a principle of God that he only will be first, never second. That won't change. It will never change. The tithe falls under this principle And the Bible calls it an ordinance. 
ordinance. So let me give you a definition, or let me just say it, a practical definition of an ordinance. An ordinance is a principle that we follow for ordinary behavior. An ordinance is not something you do because you must do it because that's just how it's supposed to be done. No, it is because of what's inside you. When you become that giver, it's inside you. You understand how you were created. You were created as a giver. Then you follow this ordinance and its ordinary behavior. The principles of God are ordinary to us or should be. Let's go a little bit further with that statement. Ordinance comes from the word order, which is also ordinary. So to have order, that's ordinary in a Christian walk. When there's chaos in your life, that's not ordinary. Because God has proclaimed in order your life. So tithing is an ordinary behavior. When tithing is not done, it is chaos, and all chaos comes from hell. It's an ordinance, and the tithe belongs to God because he's first. Because it is a principle, it was before the law, and it was after the law even though it's spoken in the law. But it was before and after, again, because it is the character of God. It is the order, the ordinary lifestyle of God. He's a giver. For God so loved the world that he gave. Malachi 3, 6 again. For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Therefore, Israel, you are not consumed. Or we could say, therefore, the Christian, the church, spiritual Israel, spiritual Jew. It is ordinary, and you are not consumed because you are a tither. Verse 7. Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances or my principles of ordinary behavior and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? Now we get to the famous verse 8. Notice, though, the context of verse 7. In what way shall we return? Verse 8, will a man rob God? This is someone saying this statement, the one who can never change. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. This is the same person speaking who can never change, who is perfect. Verse 9. You are cursed with a curse, 
for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try, the word try could be translated or test me now, in this says the Lord of hosts. God is talking, Lord of hosts, the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, God cannot change. Verse 10, if, test me, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing, that there will not be room enough to receive it. I know people like that. Amen. I know people like that. It's just everything they touch turns to gold. Everything they do. How, how do they get that? You know what? It's like in the New Testament. You know, sometimes you just want to buy that. You know, what, what ingredient is that? Well, the ingredient is tithing. But we need to understand the character of tithing. That alone would make you want to try this that there will not be room enough to receive it. By the way, to a faithful tither, the windows of heaven never closes. I want to tell you, tithers, and there are many of you, the windows of heaven never closes. It's always there. Heaven's gates are open to you, your life. It's called the blessing of God, his character. Let me tell you, what is his character? For God so loved you, he gave. Everything that pertains unto life and godliness. Well, let's read on. You still with me or are you crawling underneath the pew? Thank you. Verse 11, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. See, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. I want Valley Community Church to be a delightful land. I want it to be a place when people walk on this this campus, that diseases, sickness, poverty, demonic influence, deception falls off. And then they come in and become discipled. Salvation arises in the, in the body of Christ. So who is talking here, verse 11 and 12? It's God, and he can't change. He says, some are under a curse, And to change that, God doesn't need to change, they do. So that's what I want you to see, is that God has already set it up for us to have so much that there's not room enough to receive it, and bottom line, you know what that means? Then you have to start giving it away in a more, in a greater way. Sometimes people, you know, they they can tithe when they make little, when they make a lot, it's harder to tithe. And what we need to understand, he says, some are under curse, and to change that, God doesn't need to change. 
God doesn't need to do a miracle. God doesn't need to answer that prayer. What needs to happen is I need to change. And I need to have the character of God. I need to allow his character that is in me, in my spirit, Holy Spirit. It needs to begin to reside in me. And I need to begin to walk in this topic of God's character. I need to walk in a lifestyle of giving. And that it is so, as we said last week, that it brings such joy in our heart. Because when we give, when we tithe, it is literally us doing it out of us. It's me doing it out of me. It's what God created me to be. And I'm in ordinary lifestyle with God, and I'm a giver. They need to produce a lifestyle of tithing and giving. Now, the reason they're under a curse, let me just pause there, is not because they're bad people. It's not because they don't do things. It's not because they're not giving. The reason is they don't understand the character of God and the principle of the tithe, why the tithe, and when we return the tithe to God, what takes place is the reality of it is a heart thing. It begins to move from the heart. It is something from the soulish aspect of your life that you begin to do this. You, the reason they are under a curse is God says they are stealing from him because he is asking for 10%. Now, why 10%? Ask God. God put it 10%. See, as I was studying this and I was putting this series together, and we've taught on this a few years back, and I gave you some of these principles a few years back, but the Lord really began to talk to me about, talk about my character, talk about who I am, that's why they are who they are. And then an ordinary lifestyle, it's not, see, what I always say this too is that God is not as concerned about what we're doing, but what we're becoming. Because when we become what God created us to be, then we will do all the principles that God created out of his character. Did I talk too fast there? I think there was a flow there and we understood. But I want you to see in the Bible, there's a huge flow that it, it just really moves into this realm. God is asking us to be like him. And I said to the Lord, Father God, as I teach this, some will rise up and in an argument and disagreement saying this is the Old Testament. Church, did you realize in Malachi God missed the New Testament by 12 verses? If he just waited 13 verses, then I wouldn't have any problems explaining this. But again, it is in the New Testament too. But that's, they use this verse, verse 10, as verse eight through 10, this major influence of should we or shouldn't we, when it's not even talking about should we or shouldn't we, it says God does not change and you're created in his image and then you, your ordinary lifestyle is being a giver and being a tither. 
That's what that verse is saying. This principle was put in Scripture in the proper place because God put in Scriptures later about the tithe. But we must understand, first of all, tithing is a test. Tithing is a test. Tithing is a test of our hearts. By the way, there are scriptures in the New Testament regarding tithing, and we're going to get there. We're going to get there. We're going to spend time in it with it, and next time together, we're still going to get there. So the question is, why would we argue about a principle that will bless you? See, that's, that's where, that's where I, I get frustrated. That's where I, I live my life, and, and people argue, and like I've told you, you know, people have come in with a little pamphlet about that big, you know, just all the writing and all the teaching, all these scriptures of why not to tithe. And I sit there and I just say, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to sit here and argue with it. I just know the character of God and what he said for us to do. He does not change and tithing is for today. And I've proved it to him anyways, but I wasn't going to argue with him. So the question is, why would we argue about a principle that will bless you? Why would we argue when it says to rebuke the devourer? Have you ever prayed, Lord, the enemy's attacking. Help me to understand how to rebuke him. God already said it in his, the principle. It's the tithe. To rebuke the devourer. Who do you think puts these disagreements in your head of tithing? <laughs> Matthew 6.21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. God ties your treasure with your heart. Matthew 15.8. These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. See, God's concerned about what we're becoming. God's concerned about who we are. Jesus says, wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. If you would like to treasure your church and those around you, put your treasure here. If you want, if you want treasure in your family, put your treasure there. I promise you, wherever you put your treasure, your heart will go there. You start investing in stock, you check the stock market every day. Why? Because your heart's there. You will pray for your stock. You will think about it a lot. You know why? Because I invest. My wife and I invest in stocks for years for our retirement. And I got an app on my phone all you got to do is push it, and all of a sudden, shoo, stocks come up. So I can see what's going on for the day on the stocks. This is why tithing is a test. The word tithe means a tenth part. A tenth part. Also, the number 10 through Scripture represents testing. Really? The number 10? Well, let me give you some examples in, in the Bible. 
I don't know if any of you have ever done this study or not. Man, God uses numbers all the time. All right? So if you didn't read the Bible on this example, all you have to do is watch the movie and you would know. How many plagues were there in Egypt? Ten plagues. See, I could have said, how many times did God test Pharaoh's heart? Ten times. Why didn't God do eight plagues or five plagues? Because number ten is testing. The tenth. Here's the second. How many commandments are there? Ten. God in the commandments is testing our hearts. We always look at the commandments as something that, you know, it's so hard and law and all the different things. But there was a book written by uh, Pastor Ron Mel, who's one of the greatest pastors in the history of last century. And um, it's called The Tender Commandments. Amazing book. And, and what we, we have to understand is that when, when God does this, and these commandments, these commandments, some regarded our relationship with God and some regarded our relationship with man. The commandments weren't like, do this, do this, do this, like we feel about, you know, tithing and different things. You've got to pray. You've got to read the Bible every day and it's your law, law, law. No, it's all about life. It's all about character. And so the commandments literally are tests of are you loving God and putting him first? You shall have no other gods, okay? And then the other part of the commandments are tests to see if you're loving one another. Amen. Are you mistreating one another? You see all the stuff in Hollywood and all the different abuses and different things going on. If they would have allowed the Ten Commandments to be their character, they would never have done that because they would have honored women. They would have honored men. They would have honored people and and blessed them and been a blessing to them instead of raping and all the things that are going on in this world. Why is that? Because God puts tests in our life to keep us in line of the character of God so that we can live our lives with the windows of heaven opened and the blessings of God manifesting in our lives in every area. But one of the major keys is tithing. Here's the third test. How many times did God test Israel in the wilderness? There's, there's a, you'll, you'll see, there's a pattern here. How many times? Ten times. Study that. Here's a fourth example. How many times were Jacob's wages changed? Ten times. Right. Very good. It's not a multiple choice. It's just one choice. A tenth. Ten times his heart was tested. Here's a fifth example. How many days was Daniel tested? Very good. Let's read this, Daniel 1, verse 8 through 14. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. 
Now God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord, the king, who has appointed your food and drink. For why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are your age? Then you would endanger my head before the king. In other words, if you're going to eat like you want to do because you're putting God first, test, and you're going to do this and you start looking bad, dude, he's going to take my head. So Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for 10 days and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance be examined before you and the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacies. And as you see fit, so deal with your servants. So he consented with them in this matter and tested them 10 days. Here's a sixth example. How many virgins were tested in Matthew 25? Ten. Remember, five were wise and five were foolish. They were tested on the oil that was being ready, the oil, the Holy Spirit. Salvation, well, we're not going to go into that. But the reality is there were ten. Here's a seventh example. How many days of testing is mentioned in Revelations 2.10? How many? You didn't know that, did you? Yeah, you did. Because it's a sign of test. Verse 10. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation 10 days. Really? Wow, I didn't know that in the Bible. Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. So the answer is 10 days. Now stay with me. I know I've given you a lot of examples, but how many disciples were there? Very good. Very good. See, that was a test. No, there were not 10, there were 12. (laughs) The number 10 represents testing in Scripture. So God is testing our hearts regarding the tithe, and he has not changed. He has not changed. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. Praise the Lord.